in this film, Blade 3, I play a character called Jarko Grimwood. I'm a bad guy, kind of like the Terminator of Vampire. Every time you think he's done, here he comes again. He's like the world heavyweight champion of vampires. Parker Posey is the leader of our group, but when she needs somebody's ass kicked, she, she comes to me to work with the people that I've been able to work with. I mean, it's just been an awesome experience. Whenever I do anything, I want to be the best at it and be as good as I can be. And this is just another challenge. It's a different world, another challenge. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that have wrestling or wrestlers in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. And on this week's episode, we are talking about the third entry in the Blade series, Blade Trinity. Yes, indeed. Trinity. And we are at uh, Yogi's All-American Grill and Sports Bar mm-hmm. for no particular reason, except for there is a wrestling connection to this bar. Oh, wow. I've seen Dave and Earl Hefner in this bar. <laughs> right. They do the, the conventions across the street, right? It's, or, it's or in it's, this it's, building. It's in this right building. Right in this, yeah. This is, uh, this is attached to a uh, Crown Plaza Hotel in Monroe, New Jersey, and they do the Legends of Wrestling convention here every year. So every year, you're bound to find quite a few guys hanging out at the bar in here. Was there a point when you saw both Hefners in here? Did you say, how can there be two Earl Hefners? I grabbed them both and went... <laughs> Did a did a Hulk Hogan? <laughs> oh, I, I totally forgot about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'm just gonna be good for this now. I think I'm gonna get an appetizer though, a little later. Yeah, me too. Good. So, um, yeah, yeah we're they gonna do be... they do a big convention here. I have met uh, Lita here. Got a picture with Lita. <laughs> met the Blue Meanie here a couple times. Um, Cowboy Bob Orton. Got to see. Uh, Bastion Booger, uh, Mike Shaw, a few days before he died, or a few weeks, but very yeah. shortly before he died, he was here, and I was like, wow, he looks great, you know, it was really yeah, funny, was yeah. it? I thought he looked, you know, healthy and, and looked good, but yeah, they, they do a, a convention here, and it's it's crazy, because you come into this this little hotel, and everywhere you look, you're like, oh, there's Kevin Nash, you yeah. know, there's, you know. I, I also happen to think that... There is a conspiracy against me, and that they somehow have access <laughs> to my personal calendar. Yeah, I don't know. Why because every saying. time they run this convention, I have something else going on. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what that is, and it's not like you're you're uh, a cosmopolite traveling yeah, around no. the globe, you know, and, and never available. I mean, you're 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 like anybody else, but you're yeah. often available yeah. for things. You know, months in advance about this. You can never do it. No, I don't. But I, I I come every year because this is 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 really like a quiet, out of the way. Kind of place to come. It's so much better than when you go to. At least it, it's different. I don't know if it's better, yeah. but it's different than when you go to a convention where it's in some big city and yeah. there's you know tons of people. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like a really small little yeah. place. And you'll walk by. I walked by Brutus Beefcake in the parking <laughs> lot going to my car one time. It's just yeah. it's it's weird. It's like on the Simpsons when you know where they go in and there's you know the Don King yeah. character is right there in the town <laughs> yeah. standing next to Mo. Yeah, and they also do. Uh, they've done a couple of the U shoots these weekends. Yeah, they. Well. Record those here, yeah. So also recorded here, um, the one with uh, the ring roast with um, uh, Iron, Iron Sheik was recorded here. Dix- was Dixie's? Dixie Carter and then uh, Jim Cornette, I believe. Uh, oh, Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Yeah. yeah, all were recorded here. Vince Russo and Jim Cornette called in. So all of those were recorded in this building. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yeah, uh, one quick thing before we get uh, sure. we get started. Uh, we are going to be covering Blade Trinity, so we'll have spoilers. And odds are we are going to talk about the other two yeah, entries well, in this series. So. Let's talk about about the first off, obviously, for anybody that doesn't doesn't remember or know, Triple H is in this movie, and yeah. he's all over this movie. He's, w- he's within the first 
two minutes of the movie, you yeah. see Triple H. You see him right away. He swears in every single line he has in the movie, I believe. there's I don't know how a TV cut of, of the movie consists of anything with him in it. Because yeah. every line, you know, has the F word in it. They loved using it in this. It almost seems like David Goyer, the writer and director, was just like, you know what? I'm just going to plug this in. Every character is going to say it. <laughs> Almost to the point where Blade says it to the Dracula character at one point, and he's like, that's pretty funny. You know, like the Dracula character had never heard that before. Right. Yeah, I, I, I will say uh, that this film, everybody had the same snarky voice. <laughs> and I, there, were, there was really, I noticed a lot with, uh, with Ryan Reynolds yeah, King, yeah. and um, Parker Posey, yes. where they really, like, you could have... If you could have switched their lot, their parts, and you would have never noticed. They, yeah. they they talked exactly the same. They talked like a married couple on a sitcom. Yeah, it was yeah. that. That was you know they that were the they dynamic. were on they were on both sides of the uh, or either side of the, the the war, if you will. But they they had that kind of relationship. Yeah. So, but let's talk about the Blade films. I I like the Blade films. Uh, I know you're a, you're a big fan of the Blade films. One thing I always notice is the Blade films, each one, often with, with series of films, you start to say, well, which one did this happen? When we talked about the Fast and Furious, I mm-hmm. couldn't remember scenes from one to the other. Yeah. The Blade films, each one of these mm-hmm. three films feels totally yeah. different to the extent that it almost feels like it's a different film from a different series. Yeah, which is what I really like. I, I sort of compare it to when comic books bring on certain creative teams. Right. If a, a writer and an artist come out as Spider-Man, it's their version of Spider-Man. And that's really what the Blade films feel like. Sure, David Goyer was involved in writing all of them, but in the first movie you had director Stephen Norrington, the second one you had Guillermo del Toro, and then the third one you had Goyer was able to direct it. But they definitely all feel like unique visions of Blade, which I think is really cool, and I wish more film series would, wouldn't be afraid to do that. Almost seems like Mission Impossible does that, but not by design. Yeah, no, that, I think you're right, though, on that. Um, have you read the comic books? No, I actually, I'd never, I wasn't familiar with Blade as a, as a, a comic book character until the movies came out. Mm-hmm. I've read about the comics. Yeah. I've read that Whistler's not in them, mm-hmm. and a few other little things uh, about the history of the comic book. I've never even read, a, I've, I've seen some frames online and stuff, but never read an issue. Yeah, a lot of people could, could argue that, or it has been argued, that Blade was really the start of the, the second wave of superhero films. Uh, well, it was the know. Marvel film. You get the yeah. Marvel logo right up front. Yeah, I mean, the original Blade came out in the late 90s, and then you had X-Men, and then, of course, all the superhero movies snowballed from there. But Blade really like, claimed to being the first one because... Prior to that, you had a lot of... It was Batman was the ones before that. Yeah, yeah. Batman and Superman, which mm-hmm. were not the same... They weren't the, the level of realism mm-hmm. that Blade has, yeah. and then even stuff, even Captain America has. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I recently was showing Captain America to my dad, and he it just, from the title, was like, I don't want anything to do with this. And then I was showing it, and he was like, wow, this looks like such a good movie. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've now made these films where they're more real, they exist in a more real plane, even though they're fantastic yeah. and, and uh, uh, fantasies. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the other two films quickly. Yeah. What, uh, what is Blade 1? What is the general story we get in that one? 
it basically introduces us to the world of Blade, and we learn that Blade is a uh, half-human, half-vampire. While pregnant, his mother was bitten by a vampire, mm-hmm. so he was born with all of the vampire's strengths, but none mm-hmm. of their weaknesses. Now, not just pregnant. Was she in the hospital when she's bitten, or is she bitten and then she goes to the hospital? No, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's she's bitten and she's brought to the hospital, and that either induced her labor, <laughs> yes, yes. or she was just ready to go, and it was an, an incredible... Um, amount of timing yeah, involved, yeah. Uh, but either way, that bite it instantly f- uh, mended, uh, melded with the baby blade's DNA, <laughs> and 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 he got super. Uh, why didn't we get a baby blade prequel? <laughs> we really show. You know, they could always do an animated series, oh. Baby Blade. Now they have done, in addition to the other films, they've done a TV series on this, and there was a TV series movie. You know, yes. like a pilot film? Not with Wesley Snipes, unfortunately. You had uh, Onyx, I believe, or um, a rapper named Onyx, or that was involved in the band Onyx. <laughs> Onyx, I think, was a band. Yeah. I, um, but, I, yeah, maybe it was like one of the guys from... I have no idea. I really honestly don't know. In all fairness... I, I just try- remember there was a song once that went, Onyx is here, <laughs> Onyx is here, and I don't think it was one guy. I think it was a group yeah. of people. I watched about two minutes of the series and then said, you know what, this, Didn't isn't, do it for you. this isn't what I signed up for. Okay, yeah. That's good. That's interesting to hear. Yeah, I've never seen the series. Uh, They've also done an animated version, which was pretty interesting, and that ran Now, I don't know about this. I've seen the Hellboy animated Mm -hmm. series. Is this like that? It is, but it was more episodic in nature. It was more 30-minute installments. I think Marvel did a block on Cartoon Network where they focused every couple weeks on a different hero. They did uh, four weeks of Wolverine, and then they did four or five weeks or episodes that focused on Blade. I didn't watch it, um, okay, but I'm I, aware of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember hearing that, but I, I remember Stan Lee having some involvement in a handful of cartoons, including one with a kid on a skateboard, and then another one with a girl hero, but I, I didn't watch any of them. So, so Blade 2, what's yes. Blade 2 like? Blade 2, they moved to like uh, Romania or Bulgaria, which I think this is the second episode in a row now where I bring up Bulgaria, <laughs> and Bulgaria is not involved. But they, they headed to some Eastern European country, and the vampires have decided that the only way to take Blade out is to assemble a team to destroy Bl- uh, Blade. But unfortunately, there is a new strain of vampires, and reluctantly, they have to team up with Blade to take that mutant vampire out before they deal with Blade. Okay. All right. So this brings us to Blade 3, which comes out... Around Christmas time, 2004, this was your Christmas movie for your family to go to the theater and see, uh, uh, December 8th, 2004. The plot is, this is from the back of the box, the final battle begins and the Trinity comes to an end. Blade is back and his enemies have grown in number since they resurrected their King Dracula. Who's called Drake in this movie? Yes, and he looks like a bozo. <laughs> Together with a new group of vampire hunters called the Night Stalkers, led by Whistler's strong but beautiful daughter Abigail. Strong but beautiful. Wow, they're they're putting the, they're like, look, you she's strong, but no, 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 she's also yeah. beautiful. Don't worry, um, Abigail and a wisecracking Hannibal. They must finally defeat the vampires or face inevitable extinction. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the end of the series, or at least for now, mm-hmm. um, but you wouldn't think that based on the box office. It, yeah, how did it, it do? It did uh, $52 million domestically, but worldwide it has a total of $128 million, which it's still it's still a big deal when a film grosses over $100 million nowadays, especially in December. Right. It, it is third overall in, the, in the, uh, terms of box office for the franchise behind Blade 2 mm-hmm. uh, and then Blade. 
but it's the 15th highest grossing vampire movie of all time. And if you consider that the first five movies on that list are Twilight movies. Is that true? All yeah. five of them? Wow. Yes. It's, so you got your top five, and then from six down isn't Twilight. So you can almost say that, you know, Blade is a top ten vampire film. Wow. All right. Or Blade Trinity. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so... Blade Three. Why Trinity? What's this Trinity that they talk about? <laughs> but they even say it in the description. Yes. What is the? Who is the Trinity? Is it? Is it Abigail Whistler, Whistler, and Blade? Or Blade, Hannibal King, and 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 and, and Abigail? Is it Pat Oswalt <laughs> and the other two people we barely see that die? Yeah. It's 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 really rare that the three of them are actually together doing anything. Yeah. Um, you know, for a bulk of the movie, Ryan Reynolds Thank is incapacitated. Thank you. You want to put something in? Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to get uh, some wings, like uh, an order of hot wings. Okay. Um, and you know what? Could I get uh, the, the nachos deluxe? Sure. They're actually both um, half price. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. So, uh, so David Goyer. What, who is David Goyer? He wrote uh, all three of the, the right. Blade films. He directed this one. But he's also been involved in a lot of films. A lot of people might know him from the Dark Knight trilogy that Christopher Nolan did. He's he either doing? got story credit or screenplay credit. Uh, on the first uh, Batman Begins, he uh, got a straight-up screenplay credit. On the following two, he got story credits. He also wrote Dark City. Which I know you're you're a fan of. I do of that like movie. that movie. That is a crazy weird looking movie. I like that a lot. I and he wrote another Marvel movie from the '90s that was on TV, no, the Nick Fury no, no, Agent no, no, of stop, Shield. Stop, stop, stop! No, that. Oh man, well, I, I got to tell. I have a quick story about this. That movie, we were at Best Buy one day. And they had this, they were like, it's a Best Buy exclusive, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring David Hasselhoff in the the Sam Jackson role. Now that's who we picture. And I I said, oh, I got to get this. And I thought about it. And then we went back like a month later and it was five bucks. (laughs) And so I was like, I got to get this, you know. So I bought it. It's still in the shrink wrap on my shelf. When Avengers came out, I went online and I looked at it. It was selling for like $100 on eBay. <laughs> and everybody I knew said, oh, well, you got you to put it on there and sell it. I can't have that karma. No. I cannot have the karma that somebody paid that kind of money to me for it. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. doing that. I just, I really wouldn't. I, I One day I got to watch it. I, I want to watch it for the train wreck, I'm assuming it is. Mm-hmm. But the only way I can see somebody spending $100 for this <laughs> would be either if it's A, David Hasselhoff, <laughs> yeah. or if it's like Paris Hilton or somebody who's having a party and David Hasselhoff <laughs> is showing up. Yeah. He's on the guest list and they're like, we'll tease him by showing this movie. Yeah. I haven't seen. Have you seen it? I don't think so. I might have watched it when it aired on Fox uh, in the '90s, but I don't have recollection. Now, Man of, of Steel. He 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 wrote that the, the oh, upcoming the movie. The upcoming one. Yes. He. It seems like he's buddy buddy with Chris Nolan now, and okay. Chris Nolan is the overseer. He's not the director of right. Man of Steel. He's sort of overseeing the project. So now this is the new Superman movie, and all I know about it is Superman's a fisherman who flies. Yeah, and he doesn't have his red underpants. No, no. Wait, he's wearing like an all blue suit. It's an all blue suit with a belt, like but no I don't red like that underpants. At all. I don't like that at all. I'm, I'm telling you. I don't know if I'm going to say it. 
I, I, I think they should give out glasses when you go see it. Not for 3D, oh. but that put the rudder up. Rudder so you're talking like on. the 13 Ghosts. They, <laughs> yes. When the movie 13 Ghosts came out in the 50s, you got a, a little viewfinder, and if you put it up to your eyes, if you wanted to see the ghost, you, you look through one part, which just saw, showed you the movie, yes. and then if you if you didn't want to see him, you went through another part, which made the film all red, and you couldn't see the ghost anymore. Yeah, I think they should do that. I can't. I'm going to have trouble. I'm yeah. glad you told me. I'm glad you gave me some warning on that. Cause yeah. Now, you mentioned that this film was the end of the series to now, but there's another huge reason other than whether the box office was good. <laughs> Wesley Snipes went insane. Somebody told him, somebody said, no, Wesley, you don't ever have to pay taxes. Yeah, he, and Wesley said, really? And then just stopped paying them. Yeah, and he's still serving time. He's been in for... Close to two years now, I believe. Yeah, those, are, those are good looking Whoa. nachos. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, the biggest nachos I've ever seen. Excellent. Uh, all right, thank you. Those are really good looking. Oh my god. I'm, gonna, I'm stealing some. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. So, um, where were we? we were yeah, Wesley about... going crazy and yeah. going to jail. So somebody told him apparently he didn't have to pay taxes. Yeah, and, and you know took, what? He took the guy's word for it. Yeah, and he's incarcerated um, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and I was curious: could I hop in the car, go the there, room? and visit him? And would he take me as a visitor? Yeah, I'm wondering. I, Wesley's got to be getting visitors every day. I don't think he's lonely. He's only there for three years. He gets out this summer. Mm-hmm. Summer of Snipes. You know what I noticed though? He's done a bunch of movies since since this happened. Mm-hmm. He's done a bunch of like straight to TV, straight to video movies. He did one theatrical film, came out like 2009, 2010, yeah. which was called Brooklyn's Finest. Mm-hmm. In between, yeah. he played Trinity in this one, and that one did show up in theaters. I didn't see mm-hmm. it in theaters, and by that I mean I didn't see that it was playing in theaters. <laughs> yes. Apparently, Richard Gere is in it. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. A real, cast and a budget, but I didn't didn't notice that. Show. And I actually think it, they delayed sending him to jail because he was in Bulgaria or <laughs> Romania out of filming town. a movie. And he said, hey, you know, let me finish making this movie. I'm not in the country right now. Wow. All right, so the, the, the important person to talk about in this film, Paul Levesque. <laughs> yes, Triple, Triple H. H. And this is before Triple H was really established as a presence in the WWE from an executive standpoint. I see. Yeah, this was back when when on TV you wouldn't talk about him that way. But he was married to Stephanie. He was, but I don't think he... I mean, right now he's the executive vice president of talent relations. Mm -hmm. He's, what, third in command, I think. Um, Right. But at this time he was, you know, mostly known as just an active wrestler. And so he shows up in this movie as Jarko Grimwood. Yes. Is he the one that at the very beginning when they're all they're they're going to the pyramids to, to dig up Dracula flips, flips. and one of they're all wearing know. gear I wondered when you can't and I backed it up are. to try to figure that out. Yeah. I, I don't know. The movie starts out, we see this team and they're they're going into this like pyramid in Syria, I think. Yes, it was and they're gonna they're gonna go dig up Dracula and Triple H is there looking totally like Triple H, which is great. They get in there Dracula comes to life. It looks like Parker Posey, Triple H, looks like they're all done for. When this, you know, Dracula comes up, he looks like Dr. Mindbender from G.I. Joe. Just, you know, really weird monster, you know, like rubber monster look, Mm -hmm. you know. And then they they cut, cut to black. We see a rat crawling around, and we know we're, we're in the realm of... 
a blade. Yeah. And one thing real quick, you Triple H does look like the Triple H we all know and, and love. Yeah. But he's got platinum. So, yeah, or, I, I thought they were... I, I was thinking that they were silver, mm-hmm. which which vampires aren't, you know, aren't allowed to have, yeah. which is, I thought, I, they never explained why, mm-hmm. but platinum would make more sense. He's got if platinum fangs. Or if they were just steel. <laughs> yes. Either way, it's a very, very cool look. You know what it reminded me of? Richard Keel. In the, in, as in, Jaws. In, yeah. As Jaws in the, uh, in the uh, James Bond series. So, in this opening scene, we establish everything, then we establish Blade on the street, big fight going on, really, a pretty good scene, I mean, I, I like this, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, there was good car chase, there was a lot of excitement, we then get a, uh, a, a guy who Blade takes out, and he goes, why don't you ask, and the guy goes to him, he goes, why aren't you smarter, yeah, dumb shit, and then uh, we find out that this guy is a human, What's the problem with that? Blade kills lots of you, and he's a familiar. Yeah, I but mean, it turns out it's a setup because Parker Posey is on the, the rooftop of a building, blocks away with a <laughs> their little with, video with a late nineties camcorder. Yes, it's like a big, big. Lens. Somehow she's able to get perfect video. Yeah. of of Wesley executing this man in the middle of the streets, and this puts an uh, you know the FBI most wanted list. You know they're all after him. We go to the FBI. We see. Um, Couple FBI agents. One of them I recognized James from Remar. James Remar was which one? That's not the one I was going to refer to. Was he the guy from uh, uh, Warriors that was in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed him. But the other guy I noticed that we see a lot is the guy from Best in Show. In yes, the- John Michael Higgins. And what is his position mm-hmm. here? He is um, a familiar working for the vampires as a psychologist. And ultimately, what they're going to do is they're going to use him to lay uh, lay down the idea that Blade is insane and should be institutionalized as opposed right. to tried as a criminal. And I guess this is all a way that they so they can get Blade into their into their into their clutches and dispose of him. Now the vampires really have taken over in this because we get this scene where Whistler goes to like a newsstand. And the guy's like, I hate that blade. Oh, they better catch that blade. And Whistler's like, ah, yeah, I hope uh, something happens, you know. Yeah, Christopher Stopperson. And then the guy winks, like he you know, basically winks over at one of the other bad guys. And you see that, you know, wherever they go, yeah. we're looking at, we're looking at, you know, these vampires. Yeah, and Chris Christopherson plays Whistler. He's been in all three of the movies. Well, now here's the thing. And, and obviously anybody that's seen the film, you know, if you haven't, he dies in this. But this isn't the first time he died in this series. He's died in two of the three movies. What is that about? <laughs> so he dies at the end of the first one. Yeah. They bring him back. Yeah. I don't get that. They kill him again, and they just kill him. They're like, we we need to kill you because we need to bring in Jessica Biel, yeah. who you've never mentioned at any point in this series. Yeah. Or Chris Christopherson, when they called him, he said, we want you to do another Blade movie, and he said... I'll give you two days. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes out in the worst way. He's just sitting at a computer. Yeah, he, he does disable all the computers. The FBI right. decide they've had enough of Blade. They're going to raid his warehouse, which it seems like there was something they could have done whenever they wanted, and this finally put him over the edge. Mm-hmm. 
And so when the FBI shows up, Whistler takes out a lot of FBI agents yeah. here. And Him and Blade are, don't have a problem killing yeah, federal agents. Problem killing <laughs> federal agents. Just that one guy in the street when a video camera's around, that's the only problem. Yeah. So Whistler, he goes through, he enters a code on every computer to disable uh, or to blow the computers up. So I guess to get rid of all the research they've done over the years involved, involving vampires. Right. I liked the... Um, the scene where we get Elliot Gould on a talk show. <laughs> yeah, no, Eric Bogosian. Uh, is that who it was? Yes. It wasn't Elliot Gould? Okay. Unfortunately, it wasn't. <laughs> all right. Eric Bogosian, and and they're they're discussing all about, you know, uh, vampires, mm-hmm. and they know about Blade. They know he's killing people. They don't believe there are vampires. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a truth that Blade knows, Whistler knows. We know, and two of the three but, guys on the panel know. Well, they think they know, yeah. But it's in the in the world that they live in. It's like like our world, yeah, where people don't believe in vampires for the most part. Yeah, mostly people don't realize that our world is just a sugar coated taco. <laughs> That's right. I always thought he said sugar coated taco. <laughs> yes. That's in the first film. He goes, "The world you see is just a sugar coated taco," and I was like, "It's a sh- our world is a sugar coated taco." That is. That's some wordsmithing. That's David Goyer's... (laughs) That is one of my two favorite misheard lines. The other one is from the Spawn movie, where uh, John Leguizamo is the big clown. Yes, he is. Says, uh, shoot first, ask Christian Slater. Yes, yes. And I I, I swear, I backed that up a few times. I was like, shoot first, ask Christian Slater. (laughs) Ask questions later. Yeah, that is uh, that's that that's got a topic. But yeah, the other one is is a sugar coated taco is, and you know if you go to like Taco Bell, they have the choco taco. Yes. I like this sequence we get about twenty minutes in, where we're on the subway, you know, subway ramp, and we've got Jessica Biel, but we don't know it's her yet. She's playing like a, a mother. She's all covered up, so we don't see her hotness because mm-hmm. I guess the vampires would be tricked. Yeah, yeah they, they would be tricked if it's if it's a regular yeah. person, but if if it's her, they're going to be like, "Hey, that woman is way too hot." Yeah, although they were using their sense of smell very good. Oh man, the wings are here. Oh, looking good. Those look good too. Thank you. God, <laughs> I'm, them. I'm still happy with it. Thank you very much. All right, let's run through a little bit more, and then let's eat this food, and then okay. we'll finish up. So um, we get this. Uh, we get this sequence where she's on the platform, she's got a baby with her, and the vampires show up, they go to take her out, but it's all a setup. A, she's baiting them, these young punks on their skateboards, their BMX right. bikes. And their <laughs> right, this is the new vampire breed we're getting. The new hotness. I love this scene. Yeah. I love every part of this scene. This scene really makes it for me, although... This seems weird because it takes everything away from Blade. Yeah. We're, you know, we're introduced to way too many characters mm-hmm. already, and we've still got more to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Whistler dies in the fire. Blade's captured. Blade's getting interrogated, and we will pick that up after we finish eating. Awesome. All right, we're back. We we ate. Yes, let me just. We're, we're gassy now. Yeah, let me just wipe my <laughs> my lips off here. So how was it, man? Good, man. I got some hot wings. Yeah, those wings are always good, man. They uh, 
you know, they have a, a way to sort of clear your sinuses up. They got these are nachos that it just looks like the, there was a guy that just opened the fridge and yeah. shook it, shook yeah. the fridge onto a plate of nachos. Yeah, it's got one thing that was interesting is it actually got shredded lettuce on it. Right. And as you we can, if you look at the, if you do the po- post mortem, if you will, on the <laughs> on the tray, you'll notice there's a lot of black olives left. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the black olives. Yeah. But a lot a, of black olives. A great green, plate of nachos. There's like green peppers, tomatoes. What yeah, the jalapeno there? peppers, yeah. black beans, black beans, sure, um, and the multicolored chips, which are always cool. Yeah, yeah, they all taste the same. Yes, it's sort of like uh, a lot of cereals like that, you know. Uh, well, like the Lucky Charms. Yeah, yeah, they're all exactly the same. Yeah, or uh, Fruity Pebbles, you know, to sort of stay in the wrestling theme. I remember don't... when John Cena was on the Fruity Pebbles box. And remember when they, but no, Fruity Pebbles even more so. Remember when Hulk Hogan sued Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> for Bulk Boulder? Yeah, for Bulk Boulder. <laughs> Which is funny because we're talking about a Marvel movie here, and I think we mentioned this on some of the Hulk Hogan episodes. Hulk Hogan was a Marvel Comics character yes, in yes. the 1960s. Yeah, that's what's so weird. You always see that they put Marvel, and it's always thought, well, it's just because of the Hulk, because, you know, the incredible Hulk Hogan. But there was a Hulk Hogan character, which I they got to imagine they stole. And then Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man comic book, he's fighting Crusher Hogan, which is before Hulk, you know, by far before he came out. I don't know. Yeah. Very strange. All right, so when we left off, we talked about the subway scene. We talked about the big Blade, fire. Yeah, Blade getting captured. And so Blade is being interrogated. Uh, by the guy from Best in Show and, yes. and, and what other movies? What are the other Christopher Guest movies? Uh, waiting for you, Guffman? Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, uh, For Your Consideration, and uh, The Mighty Wind. I, um, and it's interesting because we have a, a Christopher Guest connection in this movie. We have John Michael uh, Higgins. Posey? And then we also have Parker Posey. And it was the, the, the casting in this movie was kind of interesting in that yeah. sense. And it's like, um, Goyer must be friends with them, you know, with, with that dude or something. Or, yeah. or he might have decided, you know what, I'm tired of just doing Christopher Guest movies. And he normally does comedy. In this movie, there's no comedic. Yeah, it was You know, there's comedy in the movie, but not oh, from him. Oh, there's a lot, but not from him. Yeah. Yeah. So we get this interrogation scene. Then Parker Posey shows up. You got a lot of tattoos. What do they mean? <laughs> Triple H goes, you don't look so big. Now, in the movie, I didn't notice how Triple H was built. What do they call him? Does it say Paul Levesque? Does it say Paul Triple H Levesque? Does it just say Triple H? I, if I remember. Is it spelled out? Is I it three think, H's? I think it's Paul Triple H Levesque. Triple H, not long ago, I was talking about him to somebody that didn't watch wrestling. And I said, oh, well, you know, Triple H is going to be there. And they said, Triple H? And I said, yeah, Triple H. And they're like, like, H three times? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that is odd. I, I, I forgot that because it's been, you know, it's been 20 years of my life I've heard it and thought it was normal. We then get a, a flaming body thrown through the window, yeah, and a, we get the introduction yeah. of this new team, the Night Stalkers. Yeah, well, that's how the vampires um, die. They turn into into ash. So it, Do we know who dies in this scene? Do we know who's thrown through the window? Nameless, Just one of their nameless one of their guys. Yeah. yeah. So they they go through the window. 
we meet our, our three people staggered throughout this sequence. You know, mm-hmm. we meet uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Hannibal King. Hannibal King. Uh, and we, we, we see Whistler's daughter, who's got the, the crossbow, yes, her yes. special crossbow. Yes. And we get the third guy who picks him up at the end. He yeah. pulls up when the, when they're surrounded. <laughs> yeah. he pulls up and, and there's him. actually a, a, a cool scene where they're rescuing Blade, and then he disappears up into the ceiling, and Hannibal King says, yes. this is a rescue mission. What's right. going on here? Right. <laughs> and, and he jumps out the window, I forgot my sword, <laughs> which is so great. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of, you read a lot about this movie online, and people talk about how trouble, uh, how much trouble... Um, Wesley Snipes was on the set, how he didn't want to do the movie, mm-hmm. how he didn't show up, and how they had a film around him. Right. But I'll tell you, watching this movie, there was no point where I said, Wesley doesn't look like he's giving this as much as he gave in Blade or Blade 2. He's turning it out here. Yeah. we. I, I'm going to bring this up now so I can connect to your story there. Uh, Patton Oswald shows up in the next sequence. We get to he's see him. He's part of the, the Night Stalkers. Right. <laughs> and he was interviewed, uh, did a, a, an interview within the past month or so. For the AV Club. Mm-hmm. I read this. Well, th- well talk about uh, it. He said that, <laughs> that Wesley was always in character. Yes. He was doing one of those uh, those Daniel Day-Lewis type, um, I guess, the method acting. Yeah. Uh, also, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman. <laughs> yes. Huge wrestling connection there, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, legendary wrestler. Should be in the Hall of Fame. I know celebrity, goop, and a terrible wrestler, but legendary yeah. in status uh, within wrestling. And... Apparently, he introduced himself to Patton Oswalt, said, hi, I'm Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Patton Oswalt said he smoked a lot of weed, <laughs> and he got in a, a lot of fights with David Goyer, which is so interesting. They worked on another project other than this. Yeah. Apparently, they were close before things started. I think Wesley was going through a lot at this point mm-hmm. in his life. I hope he gets past it, because I yeah. want another Blade. Yeah. I want Blade 4. Yeah, and, and one of the things Patton said is they had two shooting schedules, one for if... Wesley showed up, and one for if he wasn't there, wow. they would use his stunt double and, and and shoot around him. And I'll tell you, watching the movie, knowing that, I, go, going into watching it yeah. this week for the episode, there was no point where I said, okay, well, you know, there were maybe a couple scenes where they're talking where Wesley's by himself, but you think that's just a directorial choice. Interesting. You know, I mean, there were no, the most blatant stuntman work is in the first movie where... <laughs> Oh, where all of a sudden, well, it's not even stuntman work. There's, there's digital Wesley Snipes well, yeah. dropping elbows on yeah. people in the yeah. end of that movie. But in the first one, there's a scene where he cuts a guy in half and he spins oh, around. Yeah, yeah. And as clear as day, it's not Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly the scene you're talking about. There were no moments like that in Blade Trinity. Right, yeah. I, I, I do want to mention that the scene I'm talking about, though, at the end of the first film... He does like a macho man style elbow. Yeah. You know, he goes like up on a turnbuckle yeah. almost. They're, they're in a room and he, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do some clear wrestling mm-hmm. holds in that. Yeah. So getting back to wrestling, we now we're, you know, we're, we're at a close to the midway point of the movie. Mm-hmm. We get this round table with all the bad guys regrouping. Triple H has a <laughs> has an arrow in his eye. Yeah. When they're escaping uh, from the rescue mission... Uh, Triple H is chasing the car sort of, you know, Predator 2 style. Mm-hmm. Or not, Terminator 2 style. Yes. And, yes. and Abigail shoots him in the eye. And then 
feasibly, it's got to be an hour later, and Triple H is finally taking the arrow yeah. out of his yeah, we head. Wait for the, he waits for the right moment. He has to play with his doggy first. He's got a nice little Pomeranian that they've infected with uh, the, the vampire virus. Loves his dog. Yeah. You know, that was funny. Yeah, I'll uh, tell you, Triple H does a great job in this movie. I Triple mean, H is fantastic yeah. in this movie. I read, and I, you never know with trivia on IMDb whether it's true, but I read that everybody was so pleased with his performance that they gave him more lines, gave him more scenes. And I believe it in the sense that he is that good in this. I mean, he works for the role. He looks so right for the part. Yeah. He's... You know, he's gigantic, he's enormous, and he looks like a regular guy. That's, yeah. I think, one of Triple H's strengths. He's not like The Rock. The Rock is, you know, has this super good-looking thing. Yeah. Um, a guy like uh, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin has this, I'm a really tough guy look. Yeah. Triple H kind of has a look that if he wasn't gigantic, he might be a guy you'd know that you'd yeah. hang out with and you wouldn't, you wouldn't think about it much. Yeah, and I think this is the main reason that you really can look at for why wrestlers end up in movies so much is because when you get somebody that's got the charisma that Triple H has, it's, you know, they're going to they're gonna deliver. Let's, let's lay it out. It is hard to get bodybuilders that can read lines. <laughs> yes. And these guys are, they even now have like, you know, they go to school yeah. where they, you know, they go to a class. I don't know if it's a, a physical location, but they go to class and they do promo school. They do acting. Uh-huh. They do improv and stuff. And these guys have to learn a lot of lines and, and spit them out, and you know, and, and so they do know how to deliver dialogue. And they're big guys. I mean, you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. He he's done very well with a very bad command of the English language. Yes. Lou Ferrigno looked better than Arnold Schwarzenegger when they both first came up. Sounded like he was eating a mouthful of, of, of nachos. You couldn't, you couldn't, you know, really follow him for a movie. You know, yeah. you see like those, those Hercules movies and stuff that they would do. Those were done. Seven Magnificent Gladiators with Lou Ferrigno. Those movies are made so that the main character doesn't have to talk. Yes. Same thing with some of the, you know, Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, the early ones, Conan and, and uh, Terminator. Terminator. Both, yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, Triple H, he could pull off a movie where he's delivering dialogue the whole movie. You know, he's really good in this. He's really good in this scene. There's a lot of the, that weird snarky dialogue I was talking about that I'm not crazy about. <laughs> Parker Posey is talking to him, and he's like, we got raped. And she's like, oh, you loved it. And I'm like, what is this? What are these vampires doing, like, talk to the hand? Like, you know, it's yeah. just weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... This is where, yeah, but this is where we discover, though, that Whistler had secretly sort of started working with this team that involved his daughter, and they had Pat Oswalt, who was the right. weapons guy, and they have a blind scientist who's a, one of the girls from American Pie, yes. and she's developed a, a, a virus that they can, they're going to unleash that will eradicate all vampires, and they have the opportunity now that Drake or Dracula is around to use his DNA because it is, the, it is undiluted. Right, and before that happens, we see Dracula go into, like, some little shop. It's a, a, a store that is completely Dracula-themed. Yeah, it's a Dracula store. I think you can get tattoos there, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you get Count Chocula. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, there's two people there. I guess it's like the Randall and Dante of that store. It's a, it's a girl and a guy, and they're both, you know, decked out in their best, you know, sort of goth gear. Mm-hmm. The girl seems really keen on customer service, yes. and the guy, he's copping a toot. And I say this a lot with these movies, and the guy that played Dracula, it was uh, Dominic Purcell. Right. Who you don't you, cop a tune when yeah. this big man comes in. Yeah, he's in from the... Prison Break, and he's he's got a shirt open. You can see that he's he's defined. 
We're very good. Um, no, actually, can I get water? Yeah. And the guy's being really rude to him. It doesn't look like he doesn't belong in that store. He's got... He's got a necklace on. Yeah, you know, yeah. he looks like the kind of guy that might want to buy some kind of, you know, vampire uh, merchandise. Right. This is this is those vampires that you you see at the mall <laughs> where they they got like teeth that they bought at Oriental Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. He is. This is a a guy you wouldn't give an attitude yeah. to. You'd have to be having a really bad day to cop an attitude. It's not Triple H, but this guy is an yeah. imposing figure in this film. And it's also, you know. A slight guy doing this. He's got eyeliner on. He's eating uh, you know, chocula. It's not like he looks like he can throw down. <laughs> right. So the the uh, the team that we see, we see. Oh, he he, he kills. He, he, he throws kills the, the guy. Yeah. He, he throws the guy out the window, and then he has a really cool scene where he sort of throws the girl in a like a tattoo chair, and right. and he and he basically turns her. <laughs> and he, he seems kind of disgusted that they have commercialized him. Yes. So we've got this new team. We've got the Night Stalkers. Wade's not really keen on working with them. Uh, he, he thinks they're silly. You know, he thinks they're they're clowning everything. He doesn't like their gear. He doesn't like their style. Yeah, he doesn't think they're really serious about it, you know. Blade's a very, you know, a very straight, you know, straight shooter type, you know. He's so they give them an SUV that they're going to go on this mission. Uh, she's getting her iPod ready. Yeah. There's two separate scenes in this movie where she's got her laptop and she's creating a playlist. They were really all up into iTunes yeah, on this. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I've never been in a situation where I've gone on any kind of rescue operation where I had to go into this is a bad into battle. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to put earbuds oh, no. in. I don't care how music. much it hypes you up. You're not jogging on a treadmill. People sneak up behind you. You can't hear them because you're listening to Maroon 5 or something. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, that I don't know what. The, I guess that was a way to squeeze music into the movie or something. But I, yeah, I didn't uh, didn't understand it. They hold the guy over the edge of the uh, bridge. Yeah, they want to get some. They want to get some answers. They want to yeah. get some info on Drac. Yeah, and um, yeah, he gets a call from the John Michael Higgins character and. Uh, Wesley basically sees at that point that that doctor is their connection, gives the guy the phone, and then drops him, and right. he lands on his head, and his head explodes. Uh, <laughs> we get uh, we get some some uh, one on one time with Drac. Mm -hmm. They Drac is in some really cool looking, you know, uh, uh, like um, office building with a lot of real beautiful brown wood. He, he gets. Uh, you know, he gets Ryan Reynolds, I guess, and then yeah, stabs, stabs him a couple times. He, he stakes him, um, and he jumps on top of like a like a like a um, uh, limo. He jumps or like a Mercedes yeah. Benz or something. Yeah, and he's able to walk around in daylight. Yeah. Now, right. and this is the part where he's got the uh, the baby. Yes, he kidnaps a baby to use it, so Blade won't just you know engage him in battle. He wants this, to talk to Blade first. This is where I don't like Drac, and not this scene, but. This not the content of the scene. In this scene, I feel this guy can't pull this off, and this is not the right guy to be playing this character. He doesn't look like what Dracula should look like, and he isn't a good counterpoint to Blade. He's I, not, you know. The first film we have um, Stephen was it Stephen Dorff, Dorf, yeah, and Stephen Dorff worked off Blade very well because Blade's real monotone, yeah. he's real serious. This guy's a lot closer to Blade mm -hmm. than than Stephen Dorff. He's not the different character. Mm -hmm. I, 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 and I, I, you're also you're left at this point. 
who's the leader? Is it Parker Posey? Yeah. Is yeah. it John Michael Higgins? Is it Drac? Is it you know? Is it Triple H? Who who's yeah, in charge? Yeah. It's not Triple H, but yeah. it could be any of those other people. Yeah. And I got to tell you, little things like this may bug me or may not jump out at other people, but his haircut bugged me. Yeah. He had a, a modern haircut. He, he had a he, not modern. He had a haircut that was good for that year. <laughs> this is a hair. I had that haircut that year. Nobody has that haircut this year. And he had no accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was very, you know, I mean, Count Yorga would have been better. <laughs> Count Yorga. Oh, 70s throwback. <laughs> People should look up the sequel. What is that called? Count uh, Yorga Returns, maybe? Yeah. Return of Count Yorga. Go online, look up the trailer for that, and just watch it on a loop for the rest of your life. It is the greatest thing you'll ever see. And you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. So we get a scene that I don't like. Jessica Beale in the shower which sounds like a good start, <laughs> yeah. but like rinsing blood off and just sitting there very yeah. maudlin and blood's coming off and she's not wearing anything. Yeah. She's sitting on the, first of all, the tile. no yeah. one should sit on the tile in the yeah. shower, even my own shower yeah. that only I use in my yeah. house. I don't want to sit yeah. down there. That's where your feet are. Yeah. And the Everything shower. Everything goes down. Yeah, the shower's the size of my living room. Yeah, it's a big shower. <laughs> she's, got, she's got some room in there. And that brings up the question is where, I know in the first movie they maybe talk about how Whistler and Blade are financed, but there, this team is living, there's five, six yeah, people in this money. warehouse yeah. that's fully equipped. They've got a basketball uh, net. Right, set up right near a computer, mind you. Where later on, <laughs> bad that, yeah, I'm yeah. like, you don't play ball near a computer. No, very bad. But you idea. wonder where they're getting this money from. Yeah. Now we do find out where the vampires are getting their energy from. We see that there's they're farming hobos. Yes. They're, they're taking hobos and putting yeah. them in plastic bags. Which is an idea that Goyer had been trying to get in the movie since the first one. Um, on the DVD for the first movie, there's a deleted scene that shows a, a basically oh, really? a, a human farm. Um, and I guess Goyer was really keen on, on, on getting that in. And it's a really effective scene because, you know, uh, Abigail um, is really, really disturbed by the thought that there's these brain-dead people that are just set up to sort of produce blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drac shows up. He takes out Patton Oswald and the other guy off screen, which... To a degree, I don't like, but what I like about that is the payoff where Allison, um, the one from American Pie, Natasha what's her name? something. Whatever her name is. Yeah. She walks over and she she feels something the, on the yeah, ground. And blind, I yeah. like that. Uh-huh. I like that payoff that that's, and then we get the wide shot where we can see them. She's got a daughter. Zoe, yes. And Drac is after her daughter yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Takes her. Yeah, they're going to use her as bait and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, so Ryan Reynolds is is taken and and they just start beating on him. They tie yeah. him to the ground and they just start beating on him. Uh, and that's where you get tri- possibly Triple H's funniest line. Yes, I, you have pointed this out to me. Please uh, tell all the listeners. Well, Ryan Reynolds basically insinuates that the dog that he has, the little Pomeranian, has a bigger uh, unit than Triple H. And Triple H snaps and says, "When did you see my dick?" Yeah. And then Ryan Reynolds says, I was talking yeah. to Parker Posey. I see. I was hoping you would shout that out loud in the restaurant here so that everybody would look over. But, yes. Yeah, uh, this is a, is a relatively neat scene. We get a lot of back and forth between Parker Posey and uh, and Ryan Reynolds. And then there's a really cool bit because at this point, Ryan Reynolds uh, reveals that every Night Stalker's got a tracking device implanted in them and that the cavalry's on their way. And that the air conditioning in the room or in the system has been spiked with uh, silver. Yeah, which she, this was what the uh, 
the blind lady was working on, right? Was this her big idea, or is this totally different? It's unrelated. Because she has some idea, yeah, the though. the Daystar virus. I see. Okay. Um, but you get the scene where uh, Triple H ingests some of the, the silver, and he burps, and there's a fireball that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at that point we're we're at the end of the movie. You know, Blade and Abigail show up, and this is where um, uh, miraculously and possibly for one of the, the the first times in 2004, which is when this movie came out, that Triple H was on the mid card. Yeah, yeah. I also uh, I also was sitting there thinking, uh, there's no way he he's going to job. He he had to book this movie, right? This is going to end. With Jarko Woodman or whatever yeah, his Grimwood. name is, Grimwood uh, you versus know, Blade. No, beating Blade. You know, I just <laughs> thought he would be booked to win. Might be a triple threat match with a little bit of you know uh, uh, schmaz at the yeah. end, but I didn't yeah. think he was going to be. No, he's he 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 stays in the mid card here. He has a match against, uh, or he fights. Oh, uh, him and Hannibal Ryan Reynolds yeah. have a have a really great fight, all things considered. Uh, can I get another Miller Lite? Thank you very much. After we, we get a, thank you. This is after Hannibal King has killed the Pomeranian and two other vampire well, dogs. We should mention the Pomeranian can open its mouth like the alien from Alien. Yes, we get uh, to see that that it splits its jaw right down the middle. Yes. We get we get a lot of arm bar work. He works the arm. He breaks Triple H's arm at one point. Yeah, well, he breaks it. Uh, he gets him in in basically Alberto Del Rio's arm bar, yeah. and he works the arm. I yeah. really like it. It's yeah. like a wrestling match. They come to it. He's yeah. trying a couple, and then he, he breaks it. Triple H gets he, he up. Sells yeah, he, he sells it. Yeah, he sells it. He sells it, and then he, then he the just cry snaps it back a into yeah, yeah snaps, snaps it back into place. You know, his arm his arm is fine. He he can he can take care of himself. So they they put the uh, this device we were we were led to know about earlier. It was a, it was a bullet, but like a hollow point. But instead of whatever is in a hollow point, you had a UV light. Mm-hmm. So he shoves it in his mouth and, and punches him, and it activates the UV light. And, and bye bye Triple H. Blows up Triple H. There goes his push. We're an hour and thirty five minutes into the film at this point. I looked at the time. Thank you very much. Uh, you know what? Can I get these to go? The the wings there. Yeah, and those we can just Thirst, get yeah. they were delicious, but you did that. make too much for us. <laughs> you can't do much with leftover nachos. Well, thank you, you very much. I guess you, you could add it to your really compost heat. Maybe maybe be heated them in a toaster or something. Yeah, but you can't microwave leftover nachos. No, wings are, be the wings will you know I'll eat them in the car on the way home probably. But yeah. if not, uh, you know you throw those yeah. in the microwave too in the morning. You yeah. know they taste fantastic. So an hour and thirty five minutes in. Yes, hour and thirty five minutes in. Triple H leaves the film. The film's an hour and fifty two minutes yes. in the theatrical yes. cut, which is what I was watching. That's what I watched. But as credits well. roll at one hour and forty four. <laughs> yeah. So this is my point for anybody. You know, a lot of times with these movies, you get wrestlers that are in smaller parts. Triple H is in this movie from minute one until minute one hour, 35 minutes. Yeah. So he, he is in the vast majority of the movie. There's you know a small 5% that, he, that he's gone for, yeah. which I think is great. Mm-hmm. You almost wonder why they didn't cast Triple H as... Drake or the Dracula He would have been. I, I really think he would have been good. Darken his hair up. But I think the and I think he would have looked the part. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted a muscle man. He would have looked. But I think, and he also he's got Drax. I don't think pulls off the 
I'm from a thousand years he, he, ago. He looks, Triple yeah. H looks like you dug him up from somewhere. <laughs> Triple H would have been a great Conan. Yeah. He would have been a great... He even did that whole Conan routine in WWE for a while. Target. Oh, okay. As yeah, his yeah. ring entrance. The, the, the King, King of Kings. Kings yeah. And he would have the, the ring here. I was thinking, you are talking the WrestleMania goes Hollywood, that maybe mm-hmm. there was a parody, I forgot. But yes... I don't know why uh, he hasn't done more movies. Maybe because he doesn't need to. You know, he doesn't even need to wrestle anymore. I will say this. After you do the chaperone, <laughs> you pretty much said it all. <laughs> so everybody gets killed. Everybody gets wiped out. Well, the virus is we're, activated. We're, we're thought to believe that Blade is dead. Yes. Which is weird because there's never really a moment in the fight where you see Blade receive any kind of mortal wound. Right. But he's, we're thought to believe he's gone. The FBI gets their body, we're told, and they go to cut into Blade, and he turns into... Into Drake. Drake, yeah. So, and Drake calls it his parting gift. He says, you fought with honor, I'm going to die, and I will give you a, a parting gift, and he shapeshifts into Blade. Yeah, <laughs> and then Blade rides off. Now, I'm told that the the uh, extended or, or, you know, the non-theatrical has a yeah. different ending, but it's the same result. He doesn't stick with the Night Stalkers, and Blade, Blade lives, and he doesn't stick with the Night Stalkers. Have you seen it? Yes. Actually, they do the autopsy, but instead of cutting to the body and it turning into Drake, basically, Blade wakes up, oh. fights a nurse, and you're not sure if it's Blade. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yeah, just yeah. the menus, yeah. You're not sure if it's Blade or if it's Drake in the in, still in the Blade guise, um, and you don't know if Blade's just lost his shit and finally become a vampire. Oh, it's a very uh, ambiguous ending, and I believe that's the ending that Goyer wanted to go with. Now, you told me some trivia about this movie. Uh, what is the significance of the Pantera? <laughs> it was only significant in the sense that I didn't realize that probably the night I went to go see this, um, the guitar player of Pantera, uh, Daryl Abbott, who was playing with the band Damage Plan, was gunned down on stage, which I never I put together it. that yeah. it was December 8th, 2004. This was a big, big story. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind I of... I was wondering if maybe they had done movie m- music for this series no, or something. No, it was just one of those things But I would think there's a lot of crossover in, in fans of this movie and, yeah. and fans of that band. So that yeah. is really interesting. There is some music-related trivia for this, though. Please, give it to me. Um, in, the, in the shop, the girl is wearing a shirt. That uh, some wrestling fans might. Oh, is this a Motorhead yes. shirt? <laughs> the girl is wearing. You a know, motor- Triple H made them. <laughs> he came in. He's like, "Would you wear this shirt?" <laughs> and as you know, uh, Triple H's theme for yeah. years oh, yeah. now has been done by uh, Motorhead, and even at WrestleMania mm-hmm. uh, one year, it might. It, is it only on the DVD backstage? Well, they did it backstage. They also performed it. I don't know if it was WrestleMania. It might have been. I think it also could have been SummerSlam. But they performed it live, and they got all the lyrics wrong. Yes. But then there's a, on the, on, the, on one of the you're talking the backstage, the backstage segment where <laughs> Motorhead is uh, they're a very heavy band. Right. Motorhead is playing an acoustic version of game's theme, and the drummer's sort of patting on his legs, and Triple H is sitting there nodding his head. Yeah, it's one of the most awkward things you'll ever see because everybody looks uncomfortable. Triple yeah. H is like, "You're playing my theme," I, you know, and he's, it, he's in you the know, locker room. He's not fully dressed, but he's re- he's rehearsing some of his moves, so it almost seems like oh, they're rehearsing yeah, the timing yeah. he puts of his. his up, yeah. He does the whole. Yeah, it is. It's a weird scene. It's it's very odd to watch, and it is. I think it's it might be WrestleMania twenty five, but it's on it's on the the DVD for one of the WrestleManias. Yeah, uh, there is about, one other ending sure. though. 
there is a werewolf ending, which Where is, is this available? Is this a deleted it's, scene? It's a deleted scene on alternate ending on the DVD, and basically what this ending was was designed for was to set up a Night Stalkers movie ah. with Ryan Reynolds, Hannibal King, and Abigail Whistler. Okay. And it, it basically just shows that now that the vampires have been sort of disposed of, there are no vampires left on the planet, we're going to hunt werewolves now. And it's a pretty cool, the werewolf looks pretty cool. Ryan Reynolds comes in, he kills a werewolf, and uh, and you fade to black. And unfortunately, they never made a Night Stalkers movie. I, I think one of the reasons that they didn't is that the Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel became much bigger yeah. than, you know, doing this. Yeah. Within, you know, oh, yeah. around, probably before the movie came out, yeah. but definitely. Well, that was the funniest thing, was watching this movie, and at the time, in 2004, the only thing I think we knew Ryan Reynolds from was Van Wilder, yeah. where he sort of played like a very Matthew Broderick, right. you know, and in, in, in this movie, he is ripped. Yeah, he is. He's ripped. <laughs> he also, he plays this movie, and he's kind of done this since then this sarcastic fast-talking kevin smith dialogue really feels like jason lee and mall rats it feels like he watched that and was like i'll do that guy in everything from now on i'll tell you this though there were so many times during this movie where he said his line and i laughed i mean it was you know worked for every time it hit i mean his his character seemed like he had the dialogue that was best for him you know some of the other characters tried to have that 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 witty dialogue and it didn't work but you know ryan reynolds delivered so this uh came out in december of 2004 that week monday night raw was coming from charlotte north carolina in the cricket arena Jericho was the GM for this night, so this is the state of wrestling, how things were going at this point in time. Triple H was wrestling on this Monday Night Raw. I'm going to just run through the card. Uh, Eugene with William (laughs) Regal in his corner. I I love that angle. I remember when Regal was with him. Defeated Maven by DQ. (laughs) Maven, uh, uh, who we've talked about on the show before, guy who's... Who, who had a very interesting wrestling career. He was the first winner of Tough Enough. Tough Enough and uh, had a run with uh, with Undertaker and then, you know, has, has had some work outside of wrestling. Also had some problems, you know, and, and couldn't pay his rent on a storage unit, so I, I own his uh, his groom certificate from... He he was in a wedding and uh, as a gift the from, I guess, the, the all the groomsmen got certificates to... Uh, Stock certificates for Playboy magazine, and it was in his storage unit. That was uh, there was one in one of those storage wars, and so it, it now hangs in my home. Uh, Simon Dean on the card. There was uh, Supernova, I believe, and uh, he defeated the Hurricane. Shelton Benjamin uh, beat Captain Charisma. Do you remember this? I thought gimmick? that was Christian. This was yes. Christian, yes, uh, to to retain the Intercontinental Championship. I really like Shelton Benjamin. He was very good. Very talented guy. He really he shined in a lot of those Money in the Bank oh, matches. Oh, my goodness. Because he would do crazy moves. He would jump on top of, you know, jump to the highest point and then do an incredible leap. Just, uh, you know, didn't have much on the money. Yeah. Didn't have, you know, and I, I don't know if we'll ever see him in, a, in, in as big of a role yeah. as he was at this point in time. Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho defeat Batista and Triple H with Ric Flair in the corner. So Triple H... On the card, losing two days before, on Monday, and then this movie came out, I think on Wednesday, but this movie came out later that week, either on Wednesday or Friday. So, and that was not the main event. The main event on this episode of Raw 
was a women's championship match where Lita defeated Trish Stratus to win the title. Oh, wow. So okay. that is interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a good card. It sounds like a really tight card. Yeah. You it, know, it, I mean, it, it, like they were doing two-hour Raws at that point. Yeah, but still, I mean, that looks like a very, very... Uh, I might have to go look that one up and see if I can, yeah. if I can watch that. I did look on IMDb, tried to find something mm-hmm. interesting. I found one mildly interesting comment. Uh, under Triple H's profile under his message board on his page somebody wrote a comment this was a guy his name was the one 278 wrote he needs a brazier and then when you opened it he wrote for his huge breast yes well he does have one that is very very large <laughs> so he needs it just for that side so um, so this brings us to the all-important question Craig mm-hmm. do you tap out to blade Trinity mm-hmm. I gotta say um, We've talked about all three movies, and one of the things I really appreciate about this series was the fact that each movie feels like its own entry. I think if you're a fan of wrestling uh, or wrestlers in movies, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a movie that, unless it stars them like a movie that stars The Rock, in a supporting role, you're getting a lot of Triple H here. There's a lot of action. The comedy works. It's a well-made movie. I think it's it's got a a worse reputation than it deserves, and I did not tap. Okay, now I'm going to... I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm going to go a little bit different in that I don't think... To me, the comedy doesn't work. And I felt that the movie felt a lot more jumbled than I remembered, because I remember really liking it. However, I'm a sucker for action films. I'm a sucker for horror films, and I'm a sucker for films with wrestlers in them. Uh, this has a lot of fun in it, and it has more good than bad. Uh, it could have been done differently. It really felt like it was trying to be something it wasn't, but I didn't, in the end, tap out. There is a lot of Triple H in this, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, this is a movie I've seen before. I'll see again. Uh, you know, it's. I think it's the weakest of the trilogy. Oh, hands down. Which is which is something, uh, but but I don't tap out. I enjoyed it, Triple H in Blade Trinity, and uh, it was definitely the, the the right type of movie for Camel Clutch Cinema. Craig, thank you for joining me, and thanks for sharing your nachos oh, with me. Oh yeah, thank you for the wings. And uh, we will see you next time here on Camel Clutch Cinema. I watched you guys do the show the other night in L.A. It was awesome, unbelievable. Your drum solo was uh, unbelievable. You guys, are- I was pretty tired after that one. It's yeah. like a good wrestling match. Me and the drums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Banging some skin. Yeah. Is that Dave Hebner or is that Dave Hebner? How can there be two Dave Hebners? The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topper. I say destroy the cosmos. Ask questions later. Who knows the evil force that rules the night? Where is the overlord of the damned? Count Yorga. versus Fred and Barney on with a big chocolatey taste of post-Cocoa Pebble cereal. Part of a good breakfast. As a famous actor, you must have accountants. And accountants file these reports uh, automatically every year. So how did you miss filing for three years in a row? How'd that happen? I would say that I relied on the, the advice of those who I considered professionals. The game's on. And the game is the on. The game is on. That is awesome, guys. That is going to be awesome. You're the man.